Amen. Praise God. Um, I wanted to share a word that God just kind of gave me and uh, really something that he's been uh, putting on my heart for the past couple of weeks, months, and just something that he's dealt with me about. So I wanted to speak to you about it today. Uh, if you could please open up to Psalm chapter 78, and we're going to be there today. Psalm 78, starting from verse 1. And before we read, let's pray and uh, come to God with open hearts and ready to receive his word. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your truth, God, that we have. Thank you, Lord. And we worship you, God. We, we bring our hearts before you today. God, we ask that you would speak to us. God, we ask that the seed of your word would be planted in our hearts, God, that it would produce a harvest, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Lord, we open up ourselves to you, God. We pray that you would speak. Holy Spirit, we don't, we, we don't want to hear from a person, God. We want to hear from you. Lord, speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the title of my message that I want to talk about today is called, What is Christ Worth to You? What is Christ Worth to You? You could ask your neighbor, what is Christ worth to you? What is he worth to you? Or, you know, you could say, what is your Christian faith worth to you? What is Christianity worth to you? What is your faith in Jesus worth? What is it really worth? Uh, how important is it to you? If you were to put a price tag on Christianity or on your faith, what price tag, what would you give it? What would be, what would be the cost that you would say, okay, at this price, I would sell Jesus. At this price, I would sell out on Jesus. What would be that price? How much would it be money? Would it be, what, what, how much money would it be? Would, would it be something? Would it be a dream? Would it be some, some, some idea? What would it take for you to sell out on Jesus? What would be that cost? Um, how important is your Christian faith to you? Is there anything that you would give up for it? You know, uh, in the Bible, Judas, he gave up 30 pieces of silver for Jesus. That's, that was his price. Today, that would be about $330 in today's standards not not too much you know the funny thing is a lot of people they sell out on jesus for a lot less they sell out on you know being popular for a year in high school at least they think they're popular but they're just really losers they just don't know that they're losers but you know some people they sell out uh you know for the for for a car a nice house some people sell out for the dream that they've always had and they'll sell jesus for that some people sell them for for a girl or a boy some people sell jesus for for, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, a car, a house, a promotion at work. They'll sell Jesus just so that they can have some, a certain friend or they can hang out with a certain group of people. Certain people, they sell, out for, they sell out on Jesus on certain things. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. What is, do we have a price that we would be able to sell Jesus? Is there something that, we, would we be able to sell Jesus for a certain amount or for, for something? Would we be able to do that? Um, and we're going to read from Psalm 78, just a couple, we're going to read in certain verses, not the whole thing, because it's a long, uh, long psalm, but I'm going to read from, uh, starting from verse 1. Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, 
stories our ancestors, our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. They will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. Now we're going to go to verse 17. Yet they kept on sinning against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They stubbornly tested God in their hearts, demanding the foods they craved. They even spoke against God himself, saying, God can't give us food in the wilderness. Yes, he can strike a rock so water gushes out, but he can't give his people bread and meat. When the Lord heard them, he was furious, and the fire of his wrath burned against Jacob. Yes, his anger rose against Israel, for they did not believe God or trust him to care for them. And then uh, go to verse 32. But in spite of this, the, the people kept sinning. Despite his wonders, they refused to trust him. So he ended their lives in failure, their, year, their years in terror. When God began killing them, they finally sought him and they repented. They repented and took God seriously. They're, then they remembered that God was their rock, that God Most High was their redeemer. But all they gave him was lip service. They lied to him with their tongues. Their hearts were not loyal to him. They did not keep his covenant, yet he was merciful and forgave their sins. And he did not destroy them all. Many times he held back his anger, and he did not and did not unleash his fury. And, um, you know, it's interesting. It says that all they gave him was lip service. You know, a lot of times um, we tell Jesus that he's really all we want. He's really all we need. There's a song that goes, you know, all I need is, is you. And uh, it's a great song. All I need is you, Jesus. That's, that's a great, awesome lyrics. And, uh, but can, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to kind of talk honestly, you know. Can, can, can we talk honestly today? Is that okay? Do I have your permission? Okay, good. So the song, you know, all, all, I need, all I Need Is You. It's a great song, you know. I love it. The lyrics are great. But let's be honest with ourselves. How many times do we really mean those words of that song? How many, do we really mean it when we say, Jesus, all I need is you? I mean, honestly, do we really mean that? I mean, it's like, really, do we all, all we really want is Jesus. Like, all, all you really, like, nothing else except for Jesus. Just, like, you don't need food, you don't need nothing else, all you need is Jesus. I mean, if, if we're honest with ourselves, that, that's not really, and, and I'm not saying, you know, we can't sing that song anymore. No, it's a great song, and I think the message is, is not, is not to that extent. But, but let's, I, I wanted to raise a point. If you, if you follow me, there, there, there's a remedy in the end. So the, the, the point is, is that a lot of times when we say, Jesus, you're really all I want. Jesus, all I need is you. All I want is you. I don't need anything else. But do we really mean that when we say to Jesus, you're all I want. Jesus, there's nothing else. Do we really mean that? Or, or sometimes do we, are we really thinking about something else? Are we, you know, do we really mean Facebook, all I need is you? Or, or you know, all I really need is that guy or that girl. All, all I really need is, you know, is... Is, is some money. All I really need is a good job. All I really need is, is uh, a house and a car. I mean, really, what, what is in our heart? Like, what do we really value? Do, is Christ really that valuable to us? Or is something else more valuable than Him? You know, what, what, is, really go, what, what is really going on? And I believe we can say that with all our heart. We can really say that and mean it. But the fact is, a lot of times we don't mean it. A lot of times we, we mean that 
we, we, we say it, but we really, all we really need is something completely different. You know, and you got people over, overseas, uh, you know, they're getting their heads chopped off for, for God. They're, they're getting killed. And really, all, the, all they have is Jesus. That's really all they have. And they can say, Jesus, all I need is you. And, you know, we're over here struggling, you know, to, to read the Bible every day. And we're saying, Jesus, all I need is you. You know, let's, uh, we, 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 we kind of have to approach this with an honest uh, point of view. And it's really interesting. Most Christians, you know, Christians, they don't, they don't want to go to hell. But at the same time, they don't really want to sell out all the way for Jesus. They don't want to, uh, Jesus is not as valuable to them as he really should be. But yet, at the same time, you know, they're not serving him all the way, but they don't want to go to hell at the same time. So they're kind of stuck in this, in this middle ground. And what, what I wanted to talk about today was, you know, just how, how valuable is Jesus for us? Is he really as valuable as we think he is? Maybe there's some things that, that, we need to, uh, that we need to change in our lives in order to see Christ as being so valuable to us, more valuable than, than, we, more valuable than, than how we value him right now. And I, I want to kind of just to look at this. Uh, we're going to look at Israel, and Israel was kind of an example. They, uh, they were chosen by God. They were a nation chosen, but yet they, they didn't love God with all their heart. And you see that. just They were stubborn, rebellious, and we're going to look at the first point that, uh, that we need to look at. Uh, we got, starting from verse 5, it says, For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instruction to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children, so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. The first point that, that we need to have Christ be valuable in our lives is we need to buy the truth and not sell it. We need to buy the truth and not sell it. And that's Proverbs uh, 23, 23. And we're not going to go there, but that's just, if you want, that's a reference. Proverbs 23, 23 is buy the truth and never sell it. If we want Christ to be valuable in our lives, if we want to value him with all our heart, we need to buy the truth and not sell it. Buy, buying the whole truth and not selling any of it. Uh, when we were in Africa, it was, uh, we had uh, these stores that we would go to. They're bargain. They're like bargain markets. There's about 50 stores there. About 50, right? Something like that, yeah. And we would go there and we would bargain. You know, we'd come in there and they would start, you know, they want to sell us everything. And we would start out, they would start us off at a high price. And you got to get them down to a low price. If you've never bargained, it's a lot of fun. It could be a lot of fun or it could just be, you know, a big headache. You get tired of it and you want to leave. But uh, it's interesting when you go there, there's about 50 stores and they all have the same things. It's like they don't really have that much different, uh, you know, a different variety, but they all want to sell it to you. You, you come in there and everybody's like, please buy this. Please, if you look at something too long, like a map or a chair or, or a drum or something, they're like, please, you want it? You want to buy? You like it? You know, how much? How much do you want to buy it for? And they're, they, we would go in there and they're always trying to sell you. They're just, they want you to buy something. They want you to buy something from them. And today we hear that message uh, around us. Everybody's trying to sell us something, you know. Either it's food. Everybody's trying to sell us some food. See McDonald's billboards. You see commercials. You know everything. You see, somebody's trying to sell us something. It's 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 everywhere. You know, and this world is trying to sell us something. They're trying to sell us a message. They're trying to sell us something that that is 
that is, uh, you know, something that, that is not the truth. Um, you know, the world might try to sell you on, on any, anything that, that might make you feel good. They might, the world might say, you know what, you're, you know, you're not, get, you're not ready to get married, but hey, you should, you should start dating, you know. You should, uh, um, you, you should fulfill your, your lust right now. You, the, the world says, hey, you're not, you're, not, you're not ready to get married, but it's okay. You should, you know, ha- have sex right now. Why wait until you get married? The world, the world wants to sell you on things that, that are their ideas. Their, you know, they want to sell you. Look at this. This is the American dream. This is, this is what you need to get. And they'll make it look good. They'll make it look really good. Just this is, this is the greatest life right here. This is the life that you want. And there's a lot of messages that we're hearing. We're hearing from all over. At school, everywhere we hear it. This is the great life right here. This, buy this. You, no, no. Don't look at that. Buy this. This is what you need to have. If you don't have this, you're, you're a loser. You have nothing. And the world wants to sell us something. But it says in, in Proverbs 23, it says, buy the truth. If we're going to buy anything, it says, buy the truth. And um, if we're going to go, can you please turn to uh, Matthew 13, Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to come back to Psalms, so keep your finger there or something. Uh, Matthew 33. I'm sorry, Matthew 14. There is no Matthew. 13, sorry, Matthew 13, 44. There is no Matthew 33. Matthew 13, verse 44. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. The truth is something that you need to buy for full value. It says that they bought this. It says that you buy the truth. Um, right here, it says that they bought the, that they discovered something. What is the same? Uh, what is common in both stories? They both bought something. They sold everything that they had and they bought it to buy the truth, the real truth. There's a lot of truths going around. There's a lot of opinions going around but there's only one truth and to buy that truth you got to sell everything that you have and you got to and you got to pay full price for it you got to pay full price for the truth it doesn't come half bought you know the truth you must pay fully it says that they sold everything that they had to get enough money to buy the field you have to sell everything that you have you know it's interesting uh you look at olympic athletes and they are you know when when they work their whole life or from childhood when they're raised to get that gold medal. That's their goal. That's to say, that's the goal, the gold medal. And they work. They give up so much. They, uh, you know, they, they suffer for it. They, they sacrifice. They lose out on friendships. They lose out on, on things in life. You know, they, they sweat. They, they, uh, they just give their whole life for the gold medal. That's, that's their goal. And they've been raised, and they've done so much to get that gold medal. And then when they finally get it, you see their face. Uh, they, they don't look really bored. It's because they gave up so much to get that gold medal. They sacrificed their time. They sacrificed their, their lives up to that point just to get that gold medal. They sacrificed everything. And when, when, when you give up something, and you see their face, they're excited. They're, they're, it's, it's, it's a dream come true. Because why? Because they gave up everything that they had. They gave it all up just for that gold medal. And once you get it, 
That's it. And, and you know, it's, and we're, we're talking about something, uh, something earthly. But I'm talking about something, something heavenly. Because uh, when we give up everything, our Christianity becomes valuable. You know, a Christianity that costs us nothing, if you think about it, a Christianity that costs you nothing is worthless. In, in essence, a Christianity that costs nothing, it's a worthless Christianity. It doesn't mean anything. It does, there's no value behind it. There's no, there's no, uh, you're, you're not, you're not going to have, you know, it's like if you buy a shirt, right? And you buy a $3 shirt and it might be a really nice shirt, but it was $3 and you don't care about it, right? You're just, oh, whatever, ketchup stain, who cares, mustard, that's fine. You don't really care because you bought it for $3, but you buy some kind of a suit or you buy something that's expensive. Now you're going to care about that, right? You're going to be, oh, you know, stay away from me. I don't want to get any, anything on it. You know, this is a, I, I, you know, you, you, when you change, you, you hang it up right away. You don't let it, you know, you don't throw it in the corner of your room somewhere. And when you pay for something, it's valuable. It's, it's like, man, that's it. This is, this is something that I love. And you cherish it. It's something that you value. When, a Christi- when Christianity is, it costs you nothing, if it didn't cost you a thing, if you didn't have to suffer at all, in essence, it's, it's, it's a worthless Christianity. And that's what happens many times. You wonder why are people backsliding? Why do people not stay a Christian? Why, why don't they grow in God? Because they've never suffered even a little bit for, for God. It's, there's, no, there's no price. There's no price paid. When you, pray, when you don't pay anything, you, you don't care. It comes, it goes. It's, it's, it's worthless. And it says in, uh, in 1 Peter, it says that uh, when you have decided to suffer, you've decided to stop sinning. Why, why is that? You decided to suffer, you decided to stop sinning. Why, how, how does that even make sense? When you decided to suffer, that means, look, if you, and, we, you know, we don't really suffer, uh, you know, nobody's, nobody's trying to kill us here in America, but there is a lot of suffering that we, that we must do, you know, give up, give, up our, our, uh, give up earthly pleasures, give up things in this life in order to get something um, in, in heaven in return. And there's a lot of suffering that comes along with it. Why is it that when you suffer, you decided to stop sinning? Why, how, how does that happen? Because when you suffer, you understand what it costs you. You understand, you know, this is not something that, that I just got and, and I'm just going to give it away. No, it's, it's valuable. You know what it costs you. You know what you had to do to get it. You know how valuable it is to you. And you're not going to go, you're, you're not going to go in a bar. You know, you're, 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 you're not going to go, uh, you know, tell dirty jokes with your friends. You're, you're not going to do that. Why? Because you, you suffered a little bit. You understand what Christ has cost you so far. It's, it's, it's valuable. It's something, man, it's, it's, I, I can't put a price tag on it. It's, it's not something that, that I could just give up flippantly, just whatever, you know. No, it's something that, that's worth something. And it becomes valuable to you when, when you pay full price for it. And it also says, uh, buy the truth and don't sell it. Don't sell the truth. Why? Because it's, you have the truth. And, you know, time goes on and you think, man, you know what? I might sell some of this. You know, the guy, guy bought a field with a hidden treasure in it. And, he's, and, you know, people probably laugh at him like, all you got is a field. All you got, look, they, they don't understand why, why you have what you have. People don't understand why do you do what you do. People don't understand it. They don't have it. They don't see the hidden treasure. They don't understand uh, what, what you went through. But, you know, people will start saying, you know, that, that's a worthless field. What are you going to get out of that? You don't have anything. And you start looking around. You're like, you know what? Maybe, maybe they're right. What if, what if I don't have any? What, what, what if I could just sell a little bit of it, you know? I, what if I just, you know, like the, the merchant that bought the pearl of great price say, you know what? It's a pearl, but 
it doesn't get me fed. I can't, you know, drive on it. So you know what? I'm just going to sell a little bit of it. And that's okay. And that's okay. And see, that, that, that's, that's why it says, buy the truth, don't, don't sell any of the truth. You have the truth. Don't sell out on the truth. You have, you have, you know, we have the truth. We have the gospel of Christ. We have, you know, his redemption. He, he died on a cross for us. He paid uh, his blood. We have the truth. We understand that salvation is only through Jesus. And, you know, we, we forget sometimes that, that what we have is so amazing. We forget about it. We think, man, we don't really have much. It's just, it's just a hidden treasure. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's nothing, you know. People around me are telling me that it's, you know, it's worthless. Might as well have some fun. I might as well sell a little bit of it and enjoy myself in this life. And that's where compromise begins to come in. That's where compromise says, you know, the enemy is outside the door, is, is, is outside the gates. But I'm just going to open it up a little bit, let, let a couple in. You know, compromises. I know I got, I got somebody uh, robbing stuff from my house downstairs, but it's okay. I'm just going to let them do it. You know, they'll, they'll leave soon. That's compromise. And see, when we start selling out on certain things, we start selling out on, on, on God's word, we start ignoring his word. We're selling out. We're selling the truth. We begin to sell it. We begin to give it to, you know, we, 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 we sell it away and we start getting other things. And that's why it says get the truth, don't sell it. Because once you sell it, you can't get it back. And as we read this today in Luke. It said, uh, the, the parable about the four soils, it said that the, the seed fell on good ground and it produced, um, and it says that that represents people that, that are honest, good-hearted people that patiently wait for, uh, that patiently wait, and they cling to the word of God and they produce a huge harvest. It says they cling to the word of God. Is the truth is something that you're going to have to cling to. It's something that you're going to hear a lot of people uh, make fun of you for. You're, you're, going to have, you're going to have people say, why are you taking God so seriously? But it's something that you can't let go, not an ounce of it. You can't let any part of it go because it's that hidden treasure. You can't let one, one bit of it go. You have to keep it. You have to, it says cling to it. Hold on to it. Don't let it go for one second because once you let it go, that's it. You're losing, you're losing the truth. Um, another thing. If we look, let's go back to Psalm 78. Psalm 78, and we're going to go to verse number 22. It says, For they did not believe God or trust Him to care for them. It says they didn't believe in God. They didn't trust Him that He would care for them. And the second thing is to value Jesus, we have to trust in him completely. Like, we have to trust in him 100%. We have to put our faith only in Jesus. Uh, it says, you know, that we have to walk by faith, not by sight. We have to believe that Jesus is working in our life, even though we don't see it, even though we don't understand it, even though we don't understand how God does what he does. But God is working in our lives, and we have to trust the process. You know, some, we have to trust God that he knows where, where we're going to have our, uh, what profession we're going to have. We have to trust him with our, with our career. We have to trust him with everyday decisions. We have to trust him that, that he's going to lead us to take the right classes. To, uh, you know, God, God's not going to leave us alone. He's going to provide for us every step of the way. We have to trust Jesus. Uh, you know, from, from every, from the basic, most basic things in our life to, to whoever we're going to marry. It's, it's something that we have to trust Jesus 100% with, with every part of our life. 
uh, because God, God was angry with Israel because they didn't trust God. They, they didn't think that God would provide for all their needs. But God said in his word, it says that God will provide for all our needs by his glorious riches. David, David said that I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. Uh, he, it, it also says that if you take delight in the Lord, he will give you that what your heart desires. And when you, when you understand who Jesus is, you, you understand that he will provide for you. Like, like it said, like, like we read, um, or we didn't read it, but I, I said, I quoted the, where it says to cling to the word of God. When you have the truth, when you have the word of God and you cling to it, you have to take that by faith. You say, that's, that's a word. You know, you, hear, you, you read something, you read it from the Bible, you say, that's, that's a word that God's told me. That's something that he told me and I'm going to hold it. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let it go. It's going to be, it's, it's my word. It's my word that God gave me and, and, I, and, I, won't, and I won't let it go. It's, I, I, will, I will hold on to it and I will not let that go. And we have to, we have to live by faith. That means we have to take every single step. We have to believe that God is, is working. He's, it's a process that he's doing. You know, we, we sang that song, um, and part of it is said, unshakable. You know, uh, God wants to make our faith unshakable. He wants to bring us, uh, we, he wants to purify us through the fire, make us pure as gold. Uh, it says that God will bring us through the fire and through the flood. God is bringing us through a process, and we don't understand it, but we have to trust him the whole way. And unless we learn how to trust God, we're not going to value him as much. Uh, and the, the next thing, if you look in uh, verse 32, it says, But in spite of this, the people kept sinning. Despite his wonders, they refused to trust him. So he ended their lives in failure, their years in terror. When God began killing them, they finally sought him. They repented and took God seriously. The third, the third thing is, you got to take God seriously. Um, and what does that mean? That means that you live a lifestyle that where you hate sin. You know, it's like there's a saying that you can sin and still be saved, but you can't love sin and still be saved. You can sin. We all sin. We all fell. We all fall short of the glory of God, but, but we, we can still be saved. But if we love sin, now see, there, that's a different thing. And God wants us to take him seriously because he said that if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. And, and people are going to say, you know, why, why do you take God so seriously? Why, why, are you, why, are you, why are you being so serious about the word of God? Why, why, why are you taking that so seriously? And God wants us to, you know, if we're going to take God seriously, he's going to take us seriously. You know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of weird things kind of that's going on today. And, you know, people say, oh, this generation, this generation is the best generation ever. You know, this is the, uh, how do they say it, the, um, the, the generation, how, how, do we, how do they call it, the the nameless, faceless generation, you know, and it's like, oh, this generation is the greatest. It's 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 so it's so close to God. I, I don't know about you guys, but I think this is the laziest generation that's ever been around on the face of the planet. I am not even kidding. It's it's like, man, you, you you got you know everything everything that's going on. People people are disrespectful. Kids are disrespectful to their parents. You know, it says that in the last days, uh, people will love themselves. They will be lovers of money. They will be scoff, uh, scoffful. They will be boastful they will be proud and that's what we see today and we see a lot of a lot of uh christians falling away from the truth of god and from you know the the standard of his cross and from you know it it's like the cross is a straight line it's it, it, it's, it shows this is, this is the dark side, this is the white side. This is black, this is white. There's no gray in the middle. And I don't know about you guys, but I, 
you see a lot of gray, gray right now in, in, in the body of Christ. You see a lot of things that are okay. Now, now, you know, Christians are going to clubs. They're drinking, smoking. They're, you know, doing whatever. And they say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm being an example to, to people in this world. And now Christians are doing the exact same thing that, that not Christian people are doing, but they're still saved. Or, or that, that's, they, they say, yeah, I'm a Christian. And you would never be able to, to, to tell that they're a Christian unless they would actually tell you, yeah, I'm a Christian. You're like, oh, really? Okay. You know, I didn't, I didn't know that. And, you know, that's, that's what's going on a lot today is just the things that, that are being permitted, the, the things that are, that are now okay. And, you know, God never changes and his word never changes. And God wants us to take him seriously because there, there, is a, there is holiness that we, have to, that we have to live by. And we have to, you know what, to, to know, to take God seriously, man, that, that means that we have, to, we have to put time into, into, you know, we have to take out the things in our heart that are displeasing to God. We have to, we have to spend time in His Word, reading His Word. You know, it just, I, I'll, I'll tell you this though, that, you know, to read the Word of God, you have to do it in the morning. You have to do it uh, you know, when, 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 when do you take your, your uh, SATs? You take them when? In the morning, right? You don't take them 8 o'clock at night, right? You take them like 8 o'clock in the morning. Do you, uh, do, do, is, there, is the wassail still around? The wassail? Yeah? No, it's not it? Okay. Wait, what is it called now? It must be okay. And, well, back, back in the day, I, I took the wassail. And we would take it early in the morning. Amen. <laughs> Everybody knows the wassail. And, you know, you take it early in the morning, right? In, the, in Florida, it was called the FCAT. And, you know, you, you take it early in the morning. And, you know what? You take God seriously. You got to read the word early in the morning. You know, we, we have to know what his word even says. We have to understand what his word says. How are we going to take God serious if we don't even know what the word says? And the last, the last point, and th- 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 this is the good part right here, is uh, verse 38. It was all good, but, but this is just this is, this is the really good part. Uh, it says, Yet he was merciful and forgave their sins and, it, and did not destroy them all. Many times in verse 38, or yeah, still verse 38, many times he held back his anger and did not unleash his fury. Uh, the, the fourth thing is we have to remember God's mercy. We have to remember that God is a God of mercy, that he gave us what we did not deserve. You know, Today, this generation, man, we think that we deserve everything. We deserve, we deserve more than what we have. We deserve, and, you know, sometimes we get, we get that with God, too. We're like, yeah, that's what's supposed to happen. You know, we were supposed to be saved. We're supposed to have, you know, redemption and the blood of Jesus. Everything. That's what's supposed to happen. You know, supposed to, what we deserved was, was we, we, we were supposed to, you know, go to hell. We were, we were headed to hell because of our sin. That's what was supposed to happen. And, you, you know, you could say, oh, well, you know, Jesus, before the foundation of the earth, he, uh, he uh, went on the cross. Even before, uh, before the earth was made, he already made a plan with God that I'm going to go on the cross and that I'm going to die for all these people. Yeah, that's, that's right. But we have to realize, what do we deserve as a people? We, we deserve hell, really, for what we did. And we, we, deserve, we, we deserve punishment. And it's by God's mercy that we're even alive. It's by His mercy that we have what we have. It's, it's only by His mercy. A lot of times we think, man, I deserve this. I deserve more. No, we don't deserve anything. We don't, we don't deserve a thing. Uh, I wanted to read, um, this is a hymn. 
Um, it's called Depths of Mercy. And this is a really just a powerful hymn. It was written about, uh, well, it was written in the 1700s by a guy named Charles Wesley. And um, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read a couple of these verses or stanzas. Is that what they're called? Stanzas? Uh, depth, it's okay, I'm going to start from the beginning. It says, Depth of Mercy. Can there be mercy still reserved for me? Can my God his wrath forbear? Me, the chief of sinners, spare. I have long withstood his grace, long provoked him to his face, would not hearken to his calls, grieved him by a thousand falls. I have, I have spilt his precious blood, trampled on the Son of God, filled with pangs unspeakable, I who yet am not in hell. I, my master, have denied, I afresh have crucified, and profaned his hallowed name, put him to an open shame. Whence to me this waste of love, ask my advocate above. See the cause in Jesus' face, now before the throne of grace. And it, it keeps going, and it's a, it's a very powerful hymn. Uh, but he's, asked, he, he's saying, depths of mercy, can there really be mercy still for me? Can there really be mercy that God has for me? Did I deserve any mercy? And, you know, sometimes we think we deserve it, but we, you know, really we don't deserve it. We have to remember that God is a God of mercy, that what we have, we have only because of his mercy. And Noah read the story in the beginning about the immoral woman. And um, I also wanted to share about that story because she came, she came to Jesus. And, you know, she, she wept. She uh, washed his feet with her tears. She dried off the tears with her hair. She put the perfume that was uh, worth a year's wages. And, and the Pharisee said, if he only knew, if he only knew what kind of a woman she was, he wouldn't let her touch her. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't let her touch him. And, you know, Jesus, what, what did he say? He said, a person that is forgiven much loves much. But a person that's forgiven a little bit loves a little bit. And, you know, he said, her sins are many, but she loves, but she loved Jesus. And, you know, for us, we all, we're all the same in this regard. We're all the same. We've all sinned. It's not like one person uh, was a worse sinner. Yeah, we have more sins, but to Jesus, it's all the same. It's all sin. So when you look at it, a person that, that was completely just went out into the world, just completely, you know, just did the most horrible things, and a person that sinned a little bit, they're the same. And when we, we have to be like this woman, is we have, to, we have to understand that we have sinned greatly. She understood her sins. She the depth of, of, of sin was, was on her, and she understood it. And the, the Pharisees, they were good people, and they're like, you know what? We're good. We, 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 we don't need God's mercy because we've done so many good things. But by our deeds, we're, we're still, we, we still deserve wrath. And we have to remember, in Psalms, we always read how, how you know, somebody that's, uh, a psalmist that's writing, they'll say, oh, remember how God brought us out of Israel. Remember uh, where, where we were before. And we have to remember where we were before we got saved. Where, where were we before uh, Christ came into our lives? Where were we before? Where were we headed? We were all headed for, for an eternal destruction. We were all headed. And that's why we have to remember that His mercy is so great in our lives. We, we always constantly have to remember about His mercy. And, you know, just uh, t- talking about valuing Jesus. You know, a lot of times we get tied up in this world and we get tied up in the things of this world. And, you know, we, we, we look, we, we, we focus so much on this life. If you get like a splinter, you know, you get like a splinter in your finger 
And you can't even see the thing, but you're so focused on that splinter. You're like, man, I can't even think about anything else but this splinter. And that, that's all you think about. That's all you see. You know, this week, uh, I have a, a wisdom tooth growing, and, and it's like hitting one of my teeth. And it's just, it's like, it's all that I'm thinking about is that wisdom tooth. And it's like, it's all that you're focused on. And a lot of times, we're like that, where all we do is, is we're so focused on this life. We're so focused on the things of this world that we don't value Jesus like we ought to value. We don't take him seriously. We don't, we're not valuing Jesus the way that he should be valued. How come so many times we, you know, we're, we're, we're all Christian, but yet, you know, when we're hanging out, we're talking, we, we'll talk more about Facebook than about Jesus. We'll talk more about Instagram than about his word. We'll talk more about something, you know, something happened yesterday, something, some YouTube video. We'll talk about that more than we'll talk about God. What, 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 what are we really valuing here? What, what is our really, what is our heart's desire? What, do we really value Jesus as much as he deserves or, or as much as we say we do? And I, I just wanted to remind us about, about him. What do you value most in your life? You know, everybody will say, yeah, I love Jesus. That's the right Christian answer. You know, that's the correct. I love Jesus. He's number one. My parents are number two, you know. And, but we, we, have to, we, have to, we have to ask ourselves, is, is Christ really what we want? Is Christ really, or, or is it just something that we say to make ourselves feel good, to, to, to make our conscience just a little, feel a little bit better? Yes, Jesus, you're, you're number one in my life. Really, is, is Jesus really number one in our life? Is, is he really number, or, or, or do we just say that to make, to make ourselves feel a little bit better, make us feel a little more spiritual? And I wanted us to stand up right now and let's just ask God to just to remind us of his mercy, to remind us of his faithfulness, to remind us of who he is and ask ourselves the question, Jesus, how much do I value you? How much, how much do I value? Will I be able to sell you for anything? What if somebody offered me something? Will I be able to sell that? Will, will I be able to sell you for that price? God, what if, what if, somebody, what if somebody offered me something great, my dream, would I be able to sell you for that dream? Let's ask ourselves that question. Really, what, what, what would we be willing to sell Jesus for?